scary girl. We're on. Hey, everybody. Hi, everyone. I'm Stephanie. I'm Sarah. And this is Dead Dead Time Time Stories. Episode 60. We did it. We made it to 60. To 60. That's the big six zero over the hill. Coming for the grave. Coming for that grave. Which is what we've been doing from the beginning. Grave spot. Doop. 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 Always. We've Welcome. been coming for that number grave spot since day one. It is called Dead Time Stories. Dead Time Stories. Didn't you have something to tell me? I that did. you were saving for the air? Oh. Let's get it. We're on air. Let's go. Everyone, uh, don't you want to hear it? Yeah. Stephanie. I want I to tell you that last night I saw my favorite burlesque act I have ever seen. So I haven't seen a ton of burlesque, but I've gone to see like an, um, like I've gone to see some burlesque shows, like a number of them. It's something I'm very interested in. It's something I would like to do. Yeah. Fun. Um, but I went last night to an event. I was singing uh, back up for my friend's band, The Noise Toys. Which is, both words are spelled with a Z, noise, N-O-I-Z. That was going to be my first question. Is yes, there a Z involved? Z's, noise toys. They're on Instagram. Uh, I sang with them last night at what was called the Golden Tassel Johns. It was the fourth annual Golden Tassel Johns, Ooh. which is like a burlesque award show recognizing burlesque performers in Philadelphia. Nice. So this was the fourth annual one. Aw, that's cute. Um, yeah, so I performed with them, uh, but... So the the first section of the night were the best comedy acts of the year, and all of them were really great. There was a girl who did a whole um, Jaws routine where she came out like in a shark suit, and she Stop. had like an oxygen tank that she had made from like a it was like a soda bottle that had been like spray painted silver, <laughs> and like there was a whole thing with her like throwing it like she had shot it out, and then like throwing stuff up like it was like she threw up like a little like a life <laughs> a little lifesaver, and then it was like she the person was being thrown up like out of the shark (laughs) it was really hilarious yeah uh there was that then um there was one who was dressed as uh beaker from the muppets yes um which i tried to post on my instagram but it was right at the end of her set but um it was first she was singing like she wasn't really singing right she was lip singing with her beaker mask which looked incredible okay and it had a little piece where like she would push on it and it looked like it was opening yeah. like beaker's Aww. mouth right um but the song was like me 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 right and she's like me 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 like dancing right Aww. and then it turns into um so somebody else came up dressed as animal like a sexy lady with a big animal mask who like threw vegetables at her um and then it stopped and turned into Without Me by Eminem. But every time it was the word me, it was like, meep. I feel so empty without me. Right, exactly. And she like, you know, she like takes off her thing and she has like, she's got, you know, like a um, sexy fucking lab coat and the sleeves of her button up like pull off. And then she opens the lab coat and she has like a tiny little green button up like he does and like a, her little tie and like she gets all sexy and finishes dancing. Right. It's really good. Then there was uh, one named Patricia who is, <laughs> she is a black woman in real life, but she is in white face <laughs> and she is a character named Patricia who talks all about her life as a rich white woman. And there was a whole, it was also very poignant and socially aware, um, but there was a part where she put eggs between her thighs to look like she was putting a up in her and then she like walked around like dropping the eggs like laying eggs but the uh which all of these all of these sets were really incredible but the best one i saw this girl getting dressed in the dressing room and i actually heard of her i didn't realize this was her until she went up and i felt really stupid because i was talking to everybody before um the show but i saw her getting ready and i was like cannot wait to see what this girl does so she's a burlesque performer that goes by the name of Cinnamon with an S, uh, and she hosts Cinnamon Spice Rack. That's the name of her burlesque show. She came up dressed as Guy Fieri. <laughs> yes. She had the Guy Fieri You know Colleen hair. is losing her shit right she now. She had the glasses. Oh her my shirt God. had the flames on oh. it. And then she had the black pants, right? And it was the song that was playing was Danger Zone by Kenny Loggins. <laughs> yes! But every time it was the words Danger Zone, it was dubbed over with Guy Fieri saying Flavor Town. So it was like, I'm to the Flavor Town. Right. 
so this is already incredible enough, right? So she comes out and she's dancing. She's so good. And she's like eating a burger or a sandwich, okay? Stop. So yeah, so she does that. So she's dancing, she's dancing. She opens up her shirt and inside, I feel like I've seen one of these, but I've never actually seen somebody wearing one, is a lanyard holding a slice of pizza. <gasps> yes. And so she's like dancing and dancing and she's doing, she's sexy, okay? She's like, killing she's selling it, it. Yeah. And she's fucking eating the pizza and dancing and dancing. Um, and then the song changes over into that, um, I wanna get freaking with you. Right, so it's that song. Um, but still mixing in some Flavor Town. Like, you still keep hearing Flavor Town. Um, so she, like, opens the side of her obvious, like, stripper tearaway pants. And the socks have flames up the socks. Then she, like, rips the pants off, and she's wearing, like, a sparkly little, like, underpants thing. I can't. She takes the un- the other shirt off. She has flame pasties on yes. her nipples. Yeah, she does. Then, and she has, like, a package, right, in her sparkly underwear, and she reaches in and pulls out a hot dog. Yep. And rips off the sparkly underwear and has a flame merkin. So she has flame pasties on her nips, oh, flame, flame merkin, merkin on her vagina, a little flame above her butt, that little flame pasty on her butt, eating the hot dog and like gets it on the ground and is like, I mean, damn, like selling it, but like looking all sexy and eating the hot dog. And it was incredible. Good for her. It was damn. amazing. She won, she won Best Comedy Act. Um, that's fantastic. Which, uh, these are numbers that they've all done throughout the year. And like that number sure. was like nominated. So they came and did that number again. Um, and she that's says that great. she doesn't do like comedy acts. Like that's not her thing. This is her only funny act that she has. And it's and like it the kills. funniest goddamn thing I've ever seen. It was so good. She I never ever would have thought that I would be so attracted to Guy Fieri in my life. But it was amazing. Um, so yeah, her name is Cinnamon, and her show is Cinnamon Spice Rack, but Cinnamon is spelled with an S, and she performs here in Philadelphia, but elsewhere as well, but she's based out of Philly. It was it was amazing. It was so good. Flavortown. I want to see, for your sake, a burlesque dancer comedy that's David Spade. <laughs> Go with fuck a yourself. two-headed penis. But yes, so Cinnamon's Cinnamon. Guy Fieri burlesque number. It was the it it's was, award it was incredible. Winning. It's award winning, and I've seen some really like fucking. That's great. awesome. And there were great people that night. All of them were so so good. Patricia was <laughs> fucking insane. Patricia. Patricia was insane. Um, but yeah, the whole thing was amazing, and uh, yeah, the Guy Fieri burlesque was uh, it was incredible. Yay! Mm-hmm. Aww. <laughs> I don't know where to go from there. Uh, do do we have any other business? Do you have any other business? I have my one woman show coming up you July twenty third. Bad sex and other problematic analogies in Bushwick. It's a great show. I believe it'll be at lot forty five, but the destination is still TBD. So hang out on that. But it is definitely July twenty third. It's a Tuesday, probably like ten o'clock at night, in Bushwick in Brooklyn, New York. Hell yeah! I know a handful of us came and saw uh, Stephanie's One Woman Show in Philly, but if you're in New York, you should definitely check it out because it is fantastic. Now I'm trying to decide if this is actually the last one that we'll do before that happens because we record again on the 14th. Probably. And then the show will be the Tuesday after that. Yes. I think. Oh my God. What's happening? Yeah, because we record so far in advance. Uh, no, the 14th, so then there'll be two episodes. So by the 14th, I'll know. Okay. Okay, because the episode that ha- comes out before that, we record on the 14th, because that episode will come out on the 18th. So I do have one more episode before <laughs> before it's the last episode, and I have to tell you where the location is. Exactly. So she'll finalize the location I, at the next In the next episode, I episode. will confirm where the location is. But Tuesday, July 23rd, Bushwick bad sex and other problematic analogies written by and starring me your girl, girl stephanie c curtison be there be square sarah yes do we have a promo this week uh we do our promo hold up i gotta grab my notes Oh, we're taking it on back to our good old friend Melissa at the Haunted Ride. Oh, Melissa. Melissa welcome back check her out listen up here's the Haunted Ride. Hi, I'm Melissa Cummins from The Haunted Ride. 
a paranormal podcast dedicated to you and your experiences. I know what it's like to have something happen to you that's unexplainable, and how it feels to want to tell someone but you're concerned they may think you're crazy. Whether it's a disembodied voice, an apparition, or something you just can't explain, this is your place to share it. So come tune in with me every week while we discuss anything and everything that falls into our paranormal and supernatural world. Because ghosts are out there, and if you're not careful, they will get you. Bam. All right. Next. Thank you. Next. Thank you, Melissa. Next. Just kidding. Just kidding, Melissa. Sarah. Stephanie. Y'all ready to talk about some ghosts? Is that a ghost fart right there? Quick, get the jar. Get the jar. Sarah, a serial killer is typically a person who murders three or more people. Why did I think it was six or more? I don't know. Three. That's it? Three or more people? In two or more separate events over a period of time. That sounds like a very low number to qualify well, three you as people, a serial killer. So it can't be like three people all at the same time, right? You've got to kill. And usually if, you know, you kill two people at once because somebody got in the way, then that it's, counts it's as more one. of like you went on three different occasions of killing people. But still, I thought it was six or more. Well, according to Wikipedia, it's three or more. I guess I'm a goddamn liar. You talking about a serial killer this week? I'm talking about serial killers. Oh, three or more? Yeah. <laughs> there are gaps of time between the killings, which may range from a few days to months or years. Like I was saying, it has to be three separate events of having killed somebody. So I could, over 20 years, kill three people and be considered a serial killer. Yeah, you killed a series of people over 20 years. It sounds like it's really easy to be a serial killer. It sounds like it sounds like it's really easy. Um, this list shows serial killers from the 20th century to present day by number of victims. Oh God! All right, who's got the most? In many cases, the exact number of victims assigned to a serial killer is not known, and even if that person is convicted of a few, there can possibly be more people that they actually killed. Can I guess? Are you wanting me to guess? Who's no. like? Oh, okay. You don't need to. I mean, you can. There's a lot of people. It's it's a list of serial killers. Yeah. Organization and ranking of serial killings is made difficult by the complex nature of serial killers and incomplete knowledge of the full extent of many killers' crimes. To address this, multiple categories have been provided in order to more accurately describe the nature of certain serial killers. This is not a reflection of an individual's overall rank, which may or may not vary depending on personal opinion concerning the nature and circumstances of the crimes. The fourth column in this table states the number of victims definitely assigned to that particular serial killer, and thus the table is in order of that figure, versus, like, there's... The list goes in order of how many people they were confirmed to have killed, but it also tells you how many people they may have they killed, say... and that can be more, like, okay. lower on the like list. Like, Ted, yeah, 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 right? got it. The fifth column states the number of possible victims the killer could have murdered. Some of these crimes are unsolved, but were included because they are the work of that serial killer, despite nobody actually being caught. Sure. The list does not necessarily include war criminals or members of democidal governments, such as Adolf Hitler, um, Tojo, Mao Zedong, Joseph Stalin, or Pol Pot. Okay. Yeah, that's Only- just not fair to include them to the other serial killers. It's not fair. <laughs> right. They had a team of people exactly. working under them and exactly. a whole government. Yeah. Only serial killers with 10 confirmed or suspected murders will be on this list. Okay. Okay. Gotcha. So there are still multiple sub lists within this list. So we have, I'm going to read you basically the top couple from the top, like five from each list. That's why I was like, can I guess some of them? You can. So, but let me give you the categories. Okay. So we have serial killers with the highest known victim count. Okay. Serial killers, because that, and let me point out that that doesn't include medical professionals and pseudo medical professionals. So because Dr. that's a Death different category. Count. Okay. He might be on that list. But not on what But not yes. on the first okay. list. Right. Okay. So serial killers with the highest known victim count that aren't like doctors, because those have the highest because they had like more access to people. Does that make sense? Sure. Yes, so, absolutely. So the first list is like people who weren't in the medical profession and still killed a ton of people. <laughs> gotcha, gotcha. Uh, then we have serial killers with 15 to 30 victims. Mm. Serial killers with 10 to 14 proven victims. Serial killers with fewer than five proven victims. 
Mm. Um, then we have medical professionals and pseudo medical professionals mm-hmm. and serial killer groups and couples. Uh, right. The couples, the fucking couples. Okay. Where are you starting? Uh, we are going to start with serial killers that just have the highest body count and that are not doctors. Okay. And I will go ahead and tell you that none of them are American. Great. Is Albert Fish on there? Albert Fish within the top five? No. Wow. Okay. Uh, Jack the Ripper, I would assume, is. No. No. He got five. This is, well, remember, this is the one with the highest known victim count. Then there's 15 to 30 victims, 10 to 14 victims, and fewer than five victims. Highest known victim count. So the person that is number one is Luis Gavarito or Garavito. I apologize. Luis Gavarito. I can't even, I keep wanting to put the V first. Luis Garavito. It's an R before the V. Garavito. Um, of Colombia, Ecuador, Venezuela. He was active from 1992 to 1998. Proven victims, 138. Holy God. Possible victims, Somewhere between 172 and over 300. That's multiple people, like a month, like a week. That's a lot. Okay. All right. Who's next? (laughs) Well, I was going to tell you a little bit about him. He's Um, awful. He's a bad guy. He was also known as La Bestia, which means the beast, or (laughs) Trebillin, which is named after the Disney character Goofy, but in his native language. He was a Colombian rapist and serial killer. In 1999, he admitted to the rape and torture and murder of 138 children and teenagers. His victims, based on the locations of skeletons listed on maps that Garavito drew in prison, could exceed 300. Garavito continues to confess to more murders. He's been described by He's local... He's still alive? Yep. He's been described by local media as the world's most... As the world's worst serial killer. The Guinness Book of World Records lists another Colombian, Pedro Alonso Lopez, known as the Monster of the Andes, as the largest scarcity as the largest scale serial killer of modern times. However, in terms of the number of confirmed victims, Garavito tops the list followed by Lopez. The judicial body ruled that all of Garavito's sentences total to 1,853 years and nine days in jail. But yes, he is still alive. He is 62 years old uh, and he's in prison in Colombia. So, as you heard, he's followed by Pedro Lopez of Colombia, Peru, and Ecuador. From 1969 to 1979, he is proven to have killed 110 people, uh, but possibly over 300. Ugh. He also killed and raped a lot of children. Of course, they all seem to do that. Uh, he was sentenced for killing 110 girls, but claims to have killed over 300 girls across Colombia, Peru, and Ecuador. Aside from unsighted local accounts, Lopez's crimes first received international attention from an interview conducted by Ron Latner, a longtime freelance photojournalist who reported interviewing Lopez in his Ambato prison cell in 1980. Wow. Uh, so number three on the list is Javed Iqbal of Pakistan. Uh, From 1998 to 1999, so in one year, he killed 100 people. Holy God, one year? Yep. That's a busy man. Yes. uh, He would strangle street children and dissolve their bodies in (gasps) acid. He was arrested in 1999 thanks to a letter that he sent to a newspaper and was set to be executed in the manner described by the judge who stated, you will be strangled to death in front of the parents whose children you killed. Good. Your body will then be cut into a hundred pieces. Perfect. And put in acid the same way you killed the children. That sounds great. However, he committed suicide before he was executed. That fucking asshole. Because he's a piece of shit. He's a fucking coward. Number four on this list is Mikhail Popkov of Russia. Mm. From 92 to 2010, he killed 78 people. Possibly as many as 81. Ugh, so many. He was nicknamed the werewolf. 
and he was active for two decades. After being convicted of 22 murders in 2015, he confessed to an additional 59 murders, of which he was convicted of 56 in 2018. Wow. Number five on... Oh. No, yeah, I was. I didn't know how far you were going to go on those, but I'm like, all right, so who are the American ones? <laughs> Americans? Uh, I was like, I want to know the American. I was I'm, like, these are all cool. They killed a whole bunch of people, but like, tell me someone that's like someone who lived down the street from me. That's adorable because it's so like an American to assume that we're so important in the world. I was like, how far? So <laughs> it is. So all these guys killed like, you know, a hundred people in a year. As Americans, where do we rank? On that list, not even close. The first American Which makes me on feel a little bit better in a weird way. There's American in the top ten, but not in the top five. Who is it? Bundy? Samuel Little. Oh, okay. He was convicted of killing three women, but later investigations linked 31 other murders to him after being convicted of an additional 27 murders in June of 2019. So he was just convicted. Little is now thought to be America's most prolific serial oh killer. Oh, my God. Claims he's killed as many as 93 victims total, three above his initial confession of 90. The investigation into his crimes are ongoing. Wow. Why haven't we covered him yet? We got to do some work on him. If he's still, recent. he's very recent. Um, Interesting. So number five on the list is Daniel Carmago Barbosa, Colombia, Ecuador, Brazil. From 74 to 86, he killed 72 people. Mm. Uh, confirmed 180, possibly. He is um, primarily targeting female children as they were more likely to be virgins. Poor babies. Confessed to killing 72 victims. He strangled young girls in Colombia and was arrested but escaped from prison. And he started killing in Ecuador, was rearrested in 86 and was incarcerated and was incarcerated in the same Ecuadorian prison as 300 plus serial killer Pedro Lopez Carmago, who was earlier on the list. Um, he was killed in jail by the nephew of one of his victims. All right. Sounds like he got his. So those are for the people that are like have the highest counts. Wow. That's still one person can take that many lives. That's crazy. This is a list of people. Now, mind you, those people were also like anybody with that high of a like a rate of kills is somebody count? who was a career criminal, right? Sure. That somebody who killed that many people, like they didn't keep a regular nine to five, like Gary yeah. Ridgeway. Who are you? The green river killer. Right. Yeah. Those are people who like made a life of killing and robbing and raping and like, I, being uh, ro- a criminal. I guess I was going to say, how do you make money doing that? But I guess robbing, robbing, robbing is how right. you make money. You okay. kill rich people. Right. Exactly. Cool. I was like, how? Okay. So serial killers with a list of 15 to 30 victims. This part of the list contains serial killers. Um, who acted alone and they were neither medical professionals or contract killers, right? They just for the shits and giggles. Just for shits and giggles. Got it. Uh, So the first one is Carl Danka of Germany from 1900 to, well, it's Danka. It's D-E-N-K-E. Did he, I assume he said that after every kill. (laughs) Danka. Danka. 1900 to 1924, he killed 30 people, confirmed, um, (sighs) believed to kill as many as 42. (sighs) He killed and cannibalized poor (gasps) travelers and homeless vagrants. He kept a ledger recording his murders. little black book. With at least 31 names in it, including (sighs) Vinces Oliver, who was his only surviving victim, thus confirming at least 30 victims. But due to the massive amount of human remains found in his apartment, his kill count is is suspected by many to exceed 42 victims. He committed suicide by hanging himself in his holding cell before he could be tried. Why do they always do that? They're all such pussies. We have Francisco de Chagas Rodriguez de Brito of Brazil from 89 to 2003. He had 30 confirmed victims, 42 suspected. Awful. Number three is Luis Gregorio Ramirez Maestre of Colombia from 2010 to 2013. uh, Confirmed 30, and it's thought he killed 30. He mostly killed motorists in various municipalities before his capture in 2012. Mm-hmm. Number four is David Thabo Semblane of Swaziland 
Uh, from 2000 to 2001, so in one year, he killed 28 people, confirmed 45 people, uh, possibly. And number five on this list is Zhang Jun of China from 93 to 2000. He killed 28 people. It's presumed that's how many people he killed, like not more. He robbed 22 stores in several Chinese provinces, killing 28 people in the process. Wow. He was executed in 2001. Jeez. And uh, I feel like you could go through this whole list and it's just so depressing. I'm so sorry. So many fucking and and one person can ruin the lives of of so many 40, people, 50, 60 and not even their lives, but the lives of everyone associated with them. Like yeah. one person can have that much of an impact. That's crazy. Yes, absolutely crazy. Um, if you don't want me to go through all of these because it's too depressing. Yeah, hit the big ones and I just... Woo! This list was how I found out. So just jumping down to serial killer groups and couples. This group was how I found out about the Philadelphia Poison Ring, this list, uh, who I talked about in a previous episode. Where did they rank on the list? Uh, for serial groups, uh, uh, for serial killer groups, they were number one. (gasps) They were the top of the list. Get that's it, why Philly. I was like, I gotta learn about this. So yeah, for serial killer groups, so they worked together wow. like an organized yes, group like to kill multiple people. Uh, the Philadelphia Poison Ring is top of the list, and for uh, over a course of seven years, they killed 114 people, and that's confirmed. Wow. Uh, a gang of 16 that poisoned Italian immigrants with arsenic in order to collect their life insurance. The leaders, cousins Herman and Paul Petrillo, were executed in the electric chair in 1941 while the rest were given life sentences. I thought you were going to say while the rest watched. <laughs> no. <laughs> Oh my God. Delfina Maria de Jesus Gonzalez of Mexico from 1955 to 1964. They killed over 91 people. The two sisters ran a, the two sisters ran a brothel in Mexico, hired numerous prostitutes and murdered at least 80 of them after they were deemed useless during the span of 10 years. They also killed 11 men, probably the work of four of the sisters sentenced to 40 years in prison. Body count varies due to the combined work of the sisters being impossible to assign them individually. Oh my God, that's crazy. <laughs> These are, I think, the most interesting. The ones where the it's couples. like teams of people. Yeah. Peng Maiaoji, Ding Yunaji, and Su Xiaoping of China from 1998 to 1999, so in one year, confirmed to have killed 77 people. In one year? In one year. Up to 84. And they held a full-time job? No. (laughs) No, they were on the run and they burgled. They, like, stole a lot and killed people and took their stuff and kept running. They, like, lived on the run for a year. But then there's David Avendano Ballina of Mexico from 97 to 2007. He killed 70 people in 10 years. He uh, was part of that. So this was a gang, him and his group. They were a sex servant gang who robbed and poisoned their clients. <laughs> uh, the last one I'll give you is Angel- is the Angel Makers of Nagriev of Hungary. From 1911 to 1929, they confirmed to have killed 50 people, but they could have. It seems like they could have killed over 300 people. <gasps> it's a group of 26 women who poisoned their husbands, sometimes also their parents, lovers, and children, with arsenic under the guidance of midwife Julia Fazakas and her accomplice Susie Ola. So there's one woman running this whole shebang. Always. Damn. Um, but there's actually been a documentary made about them called The Angel Makers. Wow. Yeah. That's crazy. So, um... People are destructive. People are destructive. There's all sorts of crazy shit that could be turned into a true crime story. But I was like, let me just lay out some shit for you. And put out there that nobody's going to top uh, medical professionals. And, no. And people whose job it is to do crime. To make sure that you live. They're Those, the ones who are going to kill you. Yeah. So people that oh, no. have the life-saving tools to also end oh, your life no. are always going to be the most prolific. Um, well, not as prolific as the ones whose job it is to, to kill people. Oh, no. Those people are going to be the most successful. It makes me never want to go to the doctor. Doctor Death, uh, my back Woo! has been killing me. Don't do and it. And I can't go to any doctor. Don't because go to a doctor. Doctor Death has ruined that for me. Yeah. So, 
that Oof, is that he story on the list of murder probably not he didn't kill enough he didn't kill enough he named more people yeah yeah he, he didn't kill enough people which is no. also awful because he who he hurt a lot but i will say um yeah. that uh, <laughs> um with uh the medical professionals Three of them in the top ten are Americans. Of course. And one That's of them, where we one excel. One of them is just, is just listed by the hospital. What hospital? The Ann Arbor Hospital Killer. Whew, at least it's not Texas. Who killed ten people in 1975. Jesus, God. Yeah. Um, but the one who's killed the most is somebody who I brought up in um, Jared's episode. That was Harold Shipman of the UK. From oh. 75 to 98, he has... Proven victims, 218. Possible victims, 250. Convicted of 15 murders and responsible for the deaths of 218 patients identified by inquiry, but is believed to have killed up to 250 people. He injected diamorphine into his patients and then falsified the medical records, reporting that his patient had been in poor health. He hanged himself in prison. They always kill themselves before they get their just desserts. But not before they kill everybody else. They... You gotta, gotta kill yourself last. You gotta you, you, you can't kill yourself first. You gotta kill yourself you last. Sarah, what are you talking about this week? Well, uh, last week I gave listener stories, and this week I have a half listener story and then a half regular story. Okay. And I guess by listener story, I'm lying because it's not a listener story. It's a redditor's story. That I reached out to and said, can I use your story no, on my podcast? podcast? And they were like, yeah, sure. Here's another part of it that you can use, too. Cool. So I have a story from someone that I was, you know, I came across on Reddit. Did they also. play the elevator game? No. Okay. But kind uh, another throwback to Ooh. one of our older episodes. Okay, yes, so, so um, I'm on Reddit, Dead Time Stories. So if you read it, come follow us. Um, but I was on Reddit. I was looking through some ghosty stuff. And someone posted about a haunted painting that they had in their house when they were in college nice and it made me think of when i did the episode early early just, early on yes. i was just thinking about that earlier i was like we haven't talked about haunted objects haunted objects time. yeah so um this story that i'm gonna tell you from this redditor reminds me a lot of the anguished man, man yep. which is my favorite and i did some research trying to see if there was any new information or any new activity on the anguished man but unfortunately sean robinson has been dormant on youtube and online gotcha. but if anyone who's listening has any information or you come across anything please let us know i'm a big fan of the anguished man big fan of that story that Sean is telling and on that note I want to tell you the story that I read of the haunted painting that this redditor whose reddit name is freezing moon so thank you freezing moon for letting us use your story and their story goes last year my junior year of college me and four other friends moved into a house together we all brought our own things to decorate the house with posters, paintings, etc. And one of the paintings was with a bartender pouring a martini. We would end up calling this painting the Martini Man. And I had a weird feeling about it right off the bat. His wide eyes would follow you around the room and there was just something creepy about it. And when you were alone with it, it still felt like there was a real presence with you. About a month or two after the move-in activity started happening Ooh. one day i was sitting on the couch in the living room playing some video games and i started hearing slamming at the front door and it was loud it sounded like somebody sprinting and body slamming the door and by the way we have a foyer so i can't see the door from the living room thinking it may have been a loud knock i go to see if anyone is there nothing this persists throughout the day and i get up several more times to see if anyone is there and nothing each time. It's the middle of the day, so I'm more confused than creeped out, and I decide to test the door, shaking it, slamming it, knocking on it, even jumping onto it, and nothing I did was close to as loud as the noises I was hearing. To top it off, this happened one day, and one day only. I never... One day only. One day only. I never heard this happen again. Not necessarily attributed to the painting, but I'll explain how it connects later. 
The last personal story is about the footsteps. This happened in the summer when it was just me and one other guy living in the house. It was about 2 a.m. and I was lying in the bed playing on my laptop. I start hearing really loud footsteps coming down the stairs. They were like fast stomps. It sounded like someone sprinting while completely drunk. And at first I just thought it was a drunken roommate, but there was something strange in the pattern with them. I would hear them start in one part of the house, stomp to another, stop for a while, then pick back up in a completely different part of the house. What? Eventually they came running up the stairs directly to my door nope. and stopped. Fuck that. I was frozen with fear during the silence. Then they started up again, downstairs this time, nope. and kept going for at least 10 more minutes. Fuck that. I know. Uh-uh. I should probably explain why I pin all this on the painting and not the house itself. Yeah, girl, why? Right? As I already said, its eyes would follow you around the room, and it had an overall creepy vibe to it. People would come over and say that the painting scared them without hearing any of these stories. We had some girls over for a party, and they insisted that we take the painting down. I hastily agreed and took it off the wall. That's when I saw, written on the back of the canvas, the name of the painting. The Spirit of the Bartender. Quite frankly, I thought this was hilarious, as I had been expressing my distaste for this painting to my roommate for some time, and this corroborated my claims nicely. After that year, my roommate, to whom it belonged, moved out and took the painting with him. Good. The activity died down after that. He ended up giving it to the bar he worked at, and they threw it out after only two weeks. Yeah. I can't imagine why. We actually managed to find the artist on the internet, and it seems he paints the same thing over and over again. Oh! If you guys like this, I have a couple more stories, and attached is an image of one of his works that is the closest to what we had in our home. Now, I have another story about this painting that I got from the frozen moon, but I wanted you to see the picture that he's referring to, because it is creepy. Oh, I, I know. Him. Isn't it awful? I hate him. It's he's awful. So creepy. Do you imagine walking downstairs to get a drink of water and I'm he's there it. in the kitchen I'm looking at you? It. I'm Can you imagine? I'm gonna burn it. Yeah, we'll put that on our uh, Facebook and everything for you guys to see. Um, but with that being said, our friend Freezing Moon, on top of the story that they just told us, also has another story about this painting. Oh, of course. AKA English Man Haunted Shit. Freezing Moon says, one more I left out, story-wise, was about the attic door. Now, I read, mm. side note, not Freezing Moon's voice, but my voice. I read this story in my car earlier today, and it gave me chills at first as I was reading it. So, they say, one more I left out was about the attic door. My bedroom had the door to the attic in it, and it wasn't one of those attics where you pull the ladder down from the ceiling. It was just a normal door in the room that led to a staircase that led up to the attic. During the time that I lived in that room, the attic door opened twice. The first time, I had just gotten home from class, and I went to my room, and the door suddenly creaked open, and I saw a face in the darkness. Turns out it was my roommate. He went up there to grab something. Oh, fuck you. Right? Next time, a month or two later, around 2 a.m. again, the door creaked open. I heard the click, and the door slowly opened, and there was no one there this time. Nope. I sat there terrified for a moment that I sprung up to close the door and slept with the lights on. So the door opened mysteriously twice, and one of the times, there was an actual person there. Nope. No. Yes. No. Number one, no. Why would I choose the room in the house that has a door to the attic? That's like a regular door. Of course that shit's going to open. I'm putting a dresser in front of that door. Don't play me. I'm not a fan. No, ma'am. No day. No way. No way. No way. So thank you, Freezing Moon, for giving me permission to tell your story. I read that on Reddit this week, and it gripped me. It made me think of the anguish man, and I wanted to tell it. So thank you. Anyone who owns the Spirit of the Bartender painting, I'm so sorry. That shit is creepy as hell, and I hope you didn't pay money for it. Yeah, it's fucking horrifying. On that note of other creepy objects, I do have one more story for you before we close it up for the day. And that is the story of La Pascualita. And I don't know if you've heard of this or not. No. But in Chihuahua or Chihuahua, I don't know how you pronounce it. Mexico. Chihuahua. 
Chihuahua, Mexico. That's where the dog comes from. Chihuahua. Chihuahua. Chihuahua, Mexico. In Chihuahua, Mexico, Chihuahua. there is, to this day, a bridal store that brings quite a lot of visitors. Oh, I do know about this. Have we not talked about it before? Nope. Maybe not on the show, but we've talked about it. Yep. Not I'm really excited. Yes, so, um, go ahead. Yeah, I was like, I feel like I know what this is. A lot of people know about her. Um, yeah, go ahead. And I, I just love her story. I've looked about it, and you I would. think it's so great. Of course I do. Number one, guys, if you don't realize, I've worked in bridal. I love it. I'm trying to get... I've worked in bridal. I love it. I'm trying to get back into bridal. So, we're talking about a bridal mannequin. So, there's a bridal store in Chihuahua, Chihuahua, Mexico. That brings quite a lot of visitors, but not to see the dresses. They're there to see this lifelike mannequin in the window. So the mannequin that we're talking about was installed in 1930, and immediately this mannequin drew attention. And it's because this mannequin was in far contrast from the mediocre, cartoon-esque, creepy mannequins that you were seeing in all of your storefronts at the time in that mall area of Mexico. Very weird. No, she was creepy because she looks so real. She looks real. So, you know, you had all these mannequins that look like cartoons, and then La Pascualita shows up in 1930 in this bridal store, and she looks like a real goddamn human being. So people were like, whoa. Um, her features were incredibly realistic, especially if you research her, you'll read on and on about her hands. Her hands are so realistic. You can see cuticles, nail beds. I'll show you pictures. It's weird. Veins, everything. Like it looks so realistic. It's hard to imagine that it is not a body, whatever, whatever material it is. Exactly. So people were showing up to see this realistic mannequin. And then the locals around began to notice that, hey, this mannequin looks a lot like the owner's daughter. So the owner's daughter had recently passed away after succumbing to a black widow spider bite on her wedding day. Not too long after she passed away, the mannequin showed up in the window. And a lot of people began to speculate and began to think that that mannequin wasn't a mannequin after all, but was in fact the perfectly preserved corpse of the daughter of the shop owner, set there to always be preserved in a beautiful bridal gown for forever and ever. Yeah, that's fucking creepy. Forever. Is it? Have they ever proven that it is or isn't? Yes. We'll get to that in a minute. So it is, right? The manic, they think that it was a perfectly preserved corpse of the daughter. Mm -hmm. Everyone thinks that that's what it is. People who work there throughout the years have claimed to see her eyes follow them throughout the store. Fuck that. They think that she's super haunted. They say that she will change positions when they're not looking. She'll be in one position, then they'll turn around and she'll be in a different position. And some of the shop workers are so unnerved by her presence that they will not go near her. And only a small handful are allowed to dress her her and touch her. And when they dress her and change her clothes, they take her away to the back. No one is allowed to see it other than the few people who are allowed to dress her, put her in the back, put her under a curtain. And they say that that's to preserve her modesty. Who knows? Because she's a real person. Because she's a corpse. Because she's a mannequin. Yeah. Who knows? Um, However, uh, one worker who does help change her has this quote that you'll find online. And she says that every time I go near her, my hands break out in a sweat. Her hands, meaning La Pascualita's hands, are very realistic, and she even has varicose veins on her legs. I believe she's a real person. Yeah. Another local legend that surrounds her claims that La Pascualita was a mannequin. However, a traveling French magician came into town and was so enamored by this mannequin that he brought her to life. And would take her out on the town at night and return her to the storefront in the morning. And he was in love with her and would turn her. Either way, the legend around La Pascualita still circles. But unfortunately, the true facts are that there is no possible way that this could be a corpse. 
as cool as it sounds and you can look at the pictures i'm I don't know. I go back and forth. The hands look so realistic. And I know that it is possible to keep a corpse looking this well for this long because we've got it with, uh, who is it, linen. We've got it with um, a few others that are like permanently embalmed. Yeah. However, they're all kept in very secure climate conditions yeah, they're not, yeah like and they're not window. handled mm-hmm. and she's in a store window in mexico being changed out of wedding dresses on a monthly basis the chances that she's an actual body are slim to none but it's a really cool story you think she's a person i think she's a you person. think she's a body i think they emptied out her guts and you know and um wax dipped her uh what's her name that the doctor elena de la hoyos Hmm. uh, the doctor kept her and made her his and slept next to her yeah 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 yeah. they elena de la hoyos her yeah that's what i'm talking about like the whole wax pieces but i don't know she looks i mean i'll show you some pictures but like she she looks great if she's a mummy She looks great. Almost 100 years old at this point. Over, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 1930. Yeah, almost 100. She looks great. The biggest thing that's super weird that everyone talks about are her hands because the face looks like a mannequin. The face looks like a well-preserved mannequin, but, like, the hands are so detailed. Yeah. Um, So we'll post pictures. Go check her out, La Pascualita. To this day, she is still standing in that storefront window drawing attention from visitors all over the world. And the only thing that the current shop owner has to say is, oh, is she a mummy? I wouldn't know. With a wink. 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 And that's it. That's the story of a haunted painting in La Pascualita. Yeah, La Pascualita. La Pascualita with her realistic hands and her wedding dresses. Speaking of a beautiful bride mannequin... Sarah, are you familiar with hot wifing? <laughs> is that their fetish five? Hot wifing? No, that's new. What is that? Is that selling your wife on the internet? A hot wife is an attractive married woman who has sexual relationships with other men, typically with the consent of her husband. Isn't that a cuckold? A cuckold, yes. Okay. Um, but a cuckold, I feel like, implies that the man is unaware Whereas in hot wifing, it's like the dude is also getting off knowing that his wife is having sex with other people. Yes. I mean, if that's what you're into, that's right. These women are sexually uninhibited and enjoy sex both with their husband and with other partners. They enjoy the freedom and intention that comes with that lifestyle. Uh, A hot wife may also be called a slut wife. Um, and the husband, yeah, a lot of people refer to this as cuckolding. Um, mm-hmm. but like I said, cuckold usually implies that the husband is like unaware. Usually a hot wife's husband is involved in her sexual dalliances somehow. Uh, often he will join in forming a threesome or he will simply watch his wife having sex with someone else. These husbands are usually aroused by their wives' interactions, but also motivated by their partner's happiness. Mm, mm -hmm, However, mm -hmm. there's a growing number of hot wives who pursue other men without their husband's knowledge. (gasps) I'm like, that's not the same. That's bad. Yeah, I'm like, that's not the same. That's called cheating. Many hot wives wear an anklet as a public display of availability. This piece of jewelry is designed to show men that a married woman is sexually available. Uh, There are a number of online blogs where hot wives and their partners share their sexual exploits and fantasies. There are also blogs containing images and gifts of other hot wives or models who could be hot wives designed to appeal to people living or fantasizing about their hot wife lifestyle. Um, I will say that I do have a friend who I know uh, her partner is really into her being with other people and she was really iffy about it at first because she was like you're sure because i really don't want you with other people like yeah. i just want you yeah. to myself yeah and he was like i'm sure it's super hot to me if you want to do it with other people but the catch is you got to tell me all about it and bring me pictures and she's like all right okay 
<laughs> you keep saying hot wife, and I keep imagining this awful, like, 90s sitcom, like, hot wife! I know. The best part is going to be when I tell you which friend it is, but I don't want it on the podcast. That's fair. I Yeah, I just imagine it's, like, 90s sitcom, like, hot wife! Hot wife! She's my hot wife! Hot wife! Doing hot what she wants. On hot CBS. Wife. Tune in every Tuesday night Starring for Charlie hot wife. Sheen. <laughs> Charlie Sheen is the hot wife. <laughs> Stop. Yeah. Enough. Okay. <laughs> yeah, hot wifing. Hot wife. Hot mannequin. Wife. Mummies. Serial killers. But yeah, it's particularly uh, popular among rich weirdos. Of course. Yeah. Always the people with money. It's always rich weirdos. Rich white weirdos. Yeah. We're weirdos. Yeah. I mean, we're not rich, but we're white. I'm white. So, guys, next week I will tell you the location of my one-woman show. Keeping it on the DL. But it's July 23rd in Bushwick. Uh, Probably, I think it's around like 10 o'clock. It's a Tuesday. More details to come next week. But otherwise, if you want to support this show, you do that by listening, by rating, by reviewing, by subscribing. If you take a screenshot of your review and email it to us at deadtimestories, with a Z, all one word, at gmail.com, we'll send you a motherfucking sticker right to your door. But you gotta give us your address, too, Yeah, but otherwise I don't know where we're supposed to send right? it, so... The best way you can support us is by subscribing to our Patreon, which you can join for as little as $1 a month one at patreon.com slash deadtime stories with a, bah, 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 with a Z on the end. One dollar gets you access to our Patreon exclusive Facebook group where you also see our live streams and get to connect with us and some of the great people that we like to have on the show. You can also, of course, do more. If you do five dollars, you get I Seen It, which is a monthly special episode where I describe a horror movie to Sarah that she has never seen before. June's episode was about the Babadook. Babadook. Uh, July's episode is going to be about... Who knows? I know what it's going to be about, but... I don't know. I'm going to be surprised. So um, are you. So you're going to want to listen to that, but I promise it's going to be a good time. And that's for $5 and up. And then, of course, for $15 and up, you get to join the Faint Flatulence Collection, where every month you will get sent a handcrafted... Uh, hand-captured ghost fart in a jar to your door with a little lovely parchment description of the ghost whose fart is kept inside. Yeah, that's it. Do you have anything else you want to say? No, I have a show announcement, but I will be making that on next week's episode. Stay tuned. So, thank you so much for listening. 60 episodes. 60, guys. We can't even believe it. So, for the 60th time, I'm Stephanie. I'm, what's my name? Sarah. And this has been Dead Dead Time Stories. Thanks for listening. Bye. Bye. Dead Time Stories is hosted by Sarah Heddens and Stephanie C. Curtison. Music and editing by Eric Gershnow. Artwork by Rennie Slackman. 